Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Our scoreboard update, the Americans have won the President's Cup this morning. Uh, they've done it pretty convincingly in the end, as was expected. Uh, what's the current score here? 16 and a half. Hang on. No, they're up to 17 and a half, sorry. 17 and a half to 12 and a half, the Americans over the internationals in the President's Cup. Uh, 69-54, the Opals beat Serbia last night in the World Cup in basketball. Now, some NFL scores this morning. Uh, and uh, by the way, Dick Fain the other day said take Cincinnati at the minus and the Colts against Kansas City. And uh, those who followed Dick would have been pretty happy. And uh, the scores, well, at the moment, the Jacksonville Jaguars are beating the uh, LA Chargers 23-10 to 10, uh, of the completed matches. Tennessee beat the Raiders 24-22. The Colts beat the Chiefs, as I mentioned, 20-17. The Miami Dolphins beat Buffalo 21-19. First loss for Buffalo, and the Dolphins are 3-0. Uh, the Vikings beat the Lions 28-24. Baltimore beat New England 37-26. The Bengals get their first win of the season, 27-12 over the Jets. The Eagles flying 24-8 over the Commanders. Carolina get a win their first of the season, 22-14 to 14 over the New Orleans Saints. Building up to the grand final this week, got Peter Wynn coming up shortly. Eels premiership player from the 80s, of course, and Peter Wynn's score. The line was down around the corner well and truly with uh, people wanting to get their merchandise there in Parramatta ahead of the GF this Sunday. So that's coming up shortly. Uh, just on the text line, my hero is Loz, not because he's multi-got up, but because... Uh, because he at last had the courage to give punters a chance by going top four and not his usual hard-to-get wins. Um, so there you go, Loz. Linny's giving you a bit of a wrap there. Thanks, Linny. Mm. Has Loz contacted it. a slot holder about Foxy Cleopatra? Asks Seth. Oh, she could run in the Everest probably next year. Oh, right. What? what? But, but she's going to win. Oaks. Oh, the Oaks, yeah. yeah. Okay, so she's going to go oh, with a classic, yeah. and then she'll come back and be one of the and best players in the country. Yeah, that's okay, the that, that sounds rational. Um, and is she, so there is a chance. So she's in for Cranbourne on Wednesday. So we've got the Big Sports Breakfast Grand Final lunch at Rose Hill, obviously, on Wednesday. She runs Wednesday. I'll, I'll let us know the mail. This, could be, this could be one of your great moments. If your horse ran while the lunch is on mm. and it wins... Forget grand finals. Forget origins. She's not running Wednesday. He'll pull her. This this could be. There's rain forecast. She's not running. Is there rain forecast? Yep. On Wednesday. Yeah. How much do we know? I don't know exactly. I'm not the weatherman, but I just know there's <sighs> rain. Oh dear. Just oh enough dear. for you to oh go. Dear. No. Well, you know what? No. We probably don't have to run her. What? What? Or she could run on the Saturday, depending on conditions. Get her out of bubble wrap. We like to take it nice and easy with Cut these loose. young little fillies. Cut her loose. Stop babying her. <laughs> Got her. Where's well, pretty wild? You <laughs> you know, can us. you find out? Can you find out for me? Yeah. It would probably like, be how long a probably break? back at the stable. It'd have to be close to getting back at the stable. How you long a break do you need? Anyway, grand final coming up. Business is good in Parramatta. <laughs> Peter Wing, good morning to you. Good morning, Jared, Laurie, and Michael. Thank you for having me on for this uh, week of so much anticipation and excitement. Oh, Pete, I want a jersey. I want a para jersey. <laughs> Make it pay fifteen hundred bucks yeah. and a two-year wait. <laughs> it has been, hasn't it? Mate, how good for business, though. 
Yeah, no, it's been huge. I mean, I think all that anticipation about Parramatta actually making the grand final because the next day it was all about who we're going to play in the grand final. So it's such a huge build-up now that it's been determined. You know, they're coming out in graves to support both teams, actually, not just Parramatta, but Penrith's got a huge supporter base as well. Yeah, no, it's so exciting. And this is only day one of probably, you know, the six or seven longest days of your life in business, I'd imagine. I'm hoping anyway. (laughs) I I tell you what, as you would always say, Winnie, business... Can always be better. <laughs> you can never sell as much as you'd like to remember that, okay? <laughs> hey, listen, with this um, rivalry, Winnie, because I, I, I look back at the, the Parramatta teams when you were playing, your great rivalry then was, for me, the Bulldogs. But has the Penrith-Parramatta rivalry now overtaken that rivalry with the Bulldogs? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because you know, back in our day, a lot of Parramatta players left Parramatta to go to Penrith for whatever reason, right. you know. And now it's turned around completely. I mean, you've got Bruce and Campbell-Gillard coming to Parramatta from Penrith, I suppose, Wacker Blake as well. You know, and that rivalry has just built up and built up a lot in recent years. I suppose on the back of last year when, I suppose, Parramatta had controversy beaten against the Penrith in that yeah. semi-final. And, of course, this year they've gone to the next step. They're playing each other in the grand final. But, but I remember way back to 79 when we played Penrith when I first joined the club. But they were tough games. It was, on the field, it was relentless. You know, they just lifted themselves to the next level of Penrith size and always gave us a hard time right through the early 80s, right when I was playing anyway. But now with so much media exposure, so much coverage of the game, you just see that little bit of um, intensity that does exist, you know. Really, there's a lot of rivalry there. It's huge. Mm. Uh, Peter, I won't ask you whether the Eels can beat the Panthers because I think I already know that answer. I I guess my question to you is how? How can the Eels beat the Panthers? Look, I think They've just got to keep their heads on their shoulders all week. I know I'm just, I can only reflect that when you're a player yourself under Jack Gibson, we didn't do anything different. Jack said, OK, we're in the big games on this weekend. Training's the same. You know, just make sure your mum and dad's use their scissors to cut out the write-ups. Don't get yourself caught up reading the papers or <laughs> listening to or thinking about how good you are. Yeah. Just be what you've done all week to get the job done, you know. So I think they've just got to keep their, their heads on their shoulders. Don't get caught up too much with the excitement and the build-up. But the thing about it is, if, if you do look at the game, the last couple of weeks, I was a bit nervous about six, seven weeks. I didn't think Parramatta were going to make the eight. And all of a sudden, they'd made the eight. They've got to the top four. They've knocked over the Raiders. You know, they've knocked over the Cowboys. And I really think one thing stands out in my mind, just the offloads. Those, mm. That second phase play. I mean, Loz, you know, when you're, you're training, you've got your line of defence, which you practice all week. But all of a sudden, once that ball's offloaded behind that line, the players have got to start thinking a bit, you know. So mm. I just think Parramatta have got to do the same thing. Look for as many offloads, make sure their players support the guy with the ball. And that's going to give us the opportunities that we may need to win the game. Would you pick the same 17? Well, Jack Gibson, he always said, <laughs> going with a winning team. You know, and you, know, you always reflect on what you've, you've learned yourself. And I just, I don't think he'll change it. I think it'll be what it was last weekend. They got the job done. I, I don't know how fit Jack can be. He's probably the player you're referring to with his hamstring. Penasini and um, uh, uh, Bailey Simons, they got the job done. Yeah, it's a tough decision for the coach to make, isn't it? But Mm. I probably would. I'd just stick the winning team. Mm. You played with one of the greatest halfbacks of all time in Peter Sterling, Winnie, and he had a tremendous kicking game. When you watch Nathan Cleary and his kicking game, how do Parramatta limit the impact that he can have on this contest? How do you do it? That's a good question. I mean, I watched him clearly closely. 
on Saturday night, you know, that was pinpoint accuracy. You know, like I think, do you remember what Jack said to Sterlo? Sterlo might have said to me for a game, "Where do I kick him?" Jack said, "Just kick to the seagulls. There's no one out there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't a bad line, was it? Yeah. But nowadays they pinpoint a player, don't they? That's the thing that which I've noticed with Cleary. He pinpoints who he, where he wants the ball to land, and I'm sure they've watched the videos. They know where if there are any in the parameter side, so they'll, they'll be aiming straight at that player. So without mentioning any names or, or whoever it could be, but I'm sure they're getting plenty of practice of taking bombs during the week. Big games are always won in the middle, and I think that Parramatta can certainly match, if not better, uh, Penrith in the in the in the the engine room. And you know, Junior Parlow and Regan Campbell Gillard have been brilliant, as has Sean Lane recently. Unbelievable performance from him the other night. He's gone to the next level. He's probably on the cusp of representing Australia. That's Sean Lane. If he can pull a big game out on Sunday, he could be one of the first forwards picked. But you are right. You know, I mean, you know, Loz, games are always won in the fours. The battle's up front. Makes you guys out back backs look so so good, you know. I'll stick to that formula. But you are right. Like, do your ball and ring, can we are. But Fisher Harris, mate, he's as tough as a he's as tough as a tank, that guy. So I'm really anticipating that that's where the game will be won in the forwards. I mean, the, the battle up front just creates those so many opportunities and. You know, the forwards have to protect their halfbacks. I mean, Cleary's such a great player. I'm sure he's going to be in the line of fire as far as our blokes are concerned. I'm sure there'll be a little game tactic to get to him as quick as they can before he can put, you know, put that ball in the position where he wants to put it. We're speaking with Parramatta great Peter Wynn. And Peter, Brad Arthur, what have you made of, I guess, his coaching performance under pressure as well? It seems like, you know, even his future's come into question quite a few times despite the success the club has had and... Uh, you know, the club was not in a great position in his early period coaching at the club there, but now he's led them through to the big one. Look, I'm a Brad Arthur fan. I think he's handled all the controversy from when he first got the job, you know, seven, eight years ago. I mean, I know he picked up a couple of wooden spoons, but he's, he's, a, he's a coach that I think he's played in the bush. You know, he's won grand finals at that level, and um, he's absorbed everything that's happened over the last six or seven years, and he's become a better a coach for it. You know? And, you know, he become good through through experience, you know, and um, I think he's picked up so much from, you know, possible mistakes he's made in selections, and but I think he's ready for it. I mean, he's 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 uh, he'd be getting good. He would have had good advice over the years with the coaching um, success he had down in Melbourne and so on, and across there at Manly. I, th- I think he's ready for it. I'm, I'm happy that he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he's representing all the fans, he's representing the, the club, and he puts a good face when he's interviewed. I, th- I think he's a, a bit of an ornament to the Premiers, and he gets his chance to etch his name in history. So I, I can't begrudge him for anything. He's got the players there, and hopefully they can do the job for him. Uh, do you think there's a different feel around this Parramatta side compared to the ones that you know played in recent grand finals for Parra? Because to me, you know, back in 2001 when they went in as red hot favourites, and even I think was it 2009 they played Melbourne. There was this, I don't know, anticipation that they were going to win. I, I, it seems to me this time around, um, while internally they think they can win, and externally the supporters think they can win. They've kept the lid on it a, a bit more. And I don't know, there's just, a, for me, a different feel about this Parramatta team coming into this grand final. And it might take a bit of pressure off them. You know, that's a, that's a good point. I've been thinking about that myself, you know. They're in the grand final. And I just think there's a good game in them. I don't think they've played it just yet. I'm really hoping they haven't. I think uh, last week, obviously, they beat the Cowboys. But I just think there's a good game. You know, they've beaten Penrith, they've beaten Melbourne Storm, you know, and, and those teams, you know, they're not pretenders, they're pretty serious sides. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot of anticipation, isn't there? In 2001, I think Paramount had the best uh, defensive record, the best attacking record, and unfortunately, you know, the, the Knights got away with it. They had a big lead at half time, 24 0. Then 2009 comes along, we're up against the Melbourne Storm. You know, and the game the game was lost at the end, really. You know, they had their chance. Philly, Philly, more and more scored that try in the corner, which yeah. brought Paramount right back into the game. But this year, they've stuck to their guns all year, Paramount. They've been hot and cold, but they. I know that win-loss, win-loss. Uh, they've had plenty of time to think about what it takes to go back-to-back. And I mean, they've won three, three out of four. I think it's three or four games straight now. So, but they're ready for it. If they're good enough, if they're good enough, gee, it's there for the taking, you know. They've just got to be at their best. They really just want to do it. It doesn't come without a lot of hard work. And all the hard work's been done. They don't have to do anything different. They've just got to go out there and back each other up, be prepared for that offload and be in support. You think about last year's grand final, you know, South Sydney got beaten by Penrith, but there was a chance there at the end when Kevin Murray went through, but they had no one with him. And in our day, Jack used to say, go on every play, say you're ready for it. I'm sure they have that same mentality because you just don't know when that opportunity is going to come up. A bit like that Laurie Darby tried back there in the in the 90s when he got in the corner. They just weren't ready for you. Lost, were they, when you got in the corner and scored that try, you know? But you were ready for it. you just got to take the opportunities and they present them. Yeah. And I think that's what you, your mind has to be set like that. Just listen to the coach, what he says, the little tips, go on every play. You know, I think that may, yeah, puts them the best opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I, I like what you say, though, Winnie, about um, Parramatta's best. And I think there's a a, a great game in them. I, I really yeah. do. I, and I'm, I'm hoping we get that because if we do, it'll be a wonderful grand final because Penrith are always at a consistent level and Parramatta have been up and down. But you know that if they bring their best, they're capable of winning this. The thing about it, this is their third grand final straight, Penrith. I mean, they, they unfortunately they're un, unfortunately they got beaten by the storm. They've come out last year and won the grand final against the Rabbits. So all of a sudden they're in three grand finals. That's a that's a huge thing. I'm trying to think the last time a team did play in three grand finals in a row. Would that have been back in our day? Uh, was it the storm? Didn't the storm play in three? Did, did they get three in a row? I'm not they sure. Three in a row. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, but that was the that was the so-called illegal team. Yeah. Okay. I yes. mean, but it's been a tremendous achievement by this yeah. Penrith team, and they can write themselves into history by going back to back, and it's it's set up for them. Um, but I think we're just all hoping that we get a wonderful contest. But anything can happen on the day. Anything. I just think you know we won eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. So a little bit nerd. Look, Penrith won it last year. I don't want them winning this week. Otherwise, they're shooting for three straight next year. <laughs> so people are like, I'm a bit nervous about that more than anything. Mm. <laughs> But I think, you know, isn't it, isn't it a huge build-up? You look at the oh. players in the field, what it must mean to their families and to those players. You just know you reflect on your own history of being forced enough to play in a game. It's just a great honour to be representing the club, the fans, and be out there with your teammates. But when that final whistle goes, that joy, that uh, tunnel vision that you experience, I just hope the current crop of players you know, get that opportunity to experience because, Lodge, you know what that's like. There's no words in the dictionary that can be... You know, can describe that feeling. You know, once the final bell goes and you know you've you've won the grand final, it's it's just a special moment in your life. You never forget forget about. It. It's embedded in your brain forever. Okay, give us a margin and a Clive Churchill medalist then, Winnie. Oh, boys, geez, you're pushing me hardy. I think um, looking at those two sides and Parramatta's beaten them before. I think Parramatta go away with by a couple of points, two points. Clive Churchill, medal winner, will come from a big second row by the name of Sean Lane. He'll have such an impact just on the fringes of the ruck, and I'm hoping for he'll have a big game. Mate, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the week. Go para! <laughs> and, and where do they get a jersey or any paraphernalia this week? 
There's only one place Peter wins score. You know that. If you don't score here, you'll never score. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you, Peter. See you, buddy. Thanks so much. Sean Lane, by the way, $21 with Tab to win the Churchill. Nathan Cleary is $2.75. That is as short. I can't remember a player ever being that short. I think I would love to see Parra win, but I think Nathan Cleary is going to kick Penrith to victory. I think if Parra picked the same team, Wonga Blake is in deep, deep trouble. Oh. Cleary's kicking game it I don't is phenomenal. With Wonga Blake. You can't. I think uh, first week rattled. of the finals. And even last... Uh, Cleary's a genius, mate. Week. He is a genius. Yeah. He doesn't shank a kick. Nah. Oh, and he'll test them. And anyone's susceptible under yeah. those type of kicks, if you're, by the if, if, Gutho, right? I yeah. love when you speak to Gutho about it. He yeah. says, you know what? I'm just I'm taking it on. Yeah. No, ma- no matter who the kicks it, I'm having a crack at it because he's that confident in his own ability yeah. under the high ball. If he drops two, he play on. Yeah. He's not going to feel it. Wonga Blake right now, mate, he is the complete opposite. He, you know what? When you're fielding and you go, oh, please don't hit it to me. Yeah. Please don't hit it to. I don't want to catch because I've just dropped two and I'm freaking. But, yeah. That's how he is going yeah. into a grand final. If you if you're like yeah. that. But you don't want the other players feeling like that either. Yeah, you feel sorry for him as well. Well, you do, but you're actually, when the kick goes up, instead of you thinking, I need to get behind the ball here because on the next play I need to carry the ball or we need to get some shape on tackle three three to, to move it, you're actually thinking, geez, I hope he catches it. Is, is I'm going to get around he, it in case he doesn't. Is he so good at everything else that you still pick him and go, you know what, even if he drops a couple, so be it? Or do you think their replacement is just as good? But better under the eyeball. Uh, no, I, I just think he's he's rattled. I, I think Bailey signed. If Opacek is fit, yeah. Okay. If Opacek is fit, I think he comes back in. And me, and again, it's easy for us because we yeah. haven't been out there all season. Yeah. But I'm thinking Bailey Simonson instead will do a better job. He might struggle under the eyeball. Who knows? But I reckon Wonga all week. Yeah, he's thinking about Nathan Cleary. He's not clear in his mind that, yes, I'm going to attack this. Yes, I can catch it. Yeah. He's thinking, geez, I hope I do it. Phil Moss coming up shortly. 2-0 the Socceroos over the New Zealand All-Whites yesterday. And that is their, well, essentially their World Cup swan song. The next time they play will be in Qatar later this year. Uh, here, oh, just on the text line, Heroes and Villains, 0419767272. Hero is pup. Outstanding what? journalism this morning what? for telling it how it is. There you go. Yeah. One of our Les listeners Clark. just called you a journalist. Yeah, I know. It's okay. I've been called worse. Villainy swans for obvious reasons. Para Todd uh, sending that one through. <laughs> what about this from earlier when you were bagging the Wallabies? Wallabies World Cup squad. Big, bring back Topo, Rodriguez, Phil Kearns, John Eels, Far Jones, the Ellers Campo. Mm. They might be more competitive than the current crop of players. <laughs> Cheers, the Phantom Knight. <laughs> sending that one through. You blokes are hard on the Wallabies. Get off um, their back. My heroes. What have we got coming up for the Wallabies? You know? Get off Spring their back. Spring tour. Spring tour. Mm. Come on, boys. Jeez, what's Come on, be acceptable for that? Uh, more wins than losses, you would think, lots. My heroes, para. My villains, everyone that wrote us off, says Josh the Bricky. Uh, sending that one through. Um, G'day, fellas. I was at Combank Stadium yesterday to watch the Panthers flag and reserve grade win their grand finals. It was a great day. Can't wait till next Sunday night. It makes all the lean years worth it. That's a message to other club supporters. Stick solid with your club because when the tide turns your way, 
its special willow from Windsor saying that. So just That's for you Tigers point. fans, you just stick solid. Come on, boys. Yeah, maybe in 100 I saw, years. I told you I caught up with, um, or I saw Tim Sheens at the West Cricket Function. I went mm. to last Friday, I think it was, yep. um, and spoke briefly about uh, plans and how he sees things and just asked a little bit about what Benji's been like. And I know he has to be ultra positive, but he was really positive. And from that conversation, it sounds like there's going to be uh, changes, I guess, in regards to personnel, but probably more importantly, the way the team's been playing, the way the Tigers have been playing, with him taking over as head coach, he already... It'll be attack base. Mate, he has a brand of footy that these players are playing, whether they like it or not. Mm. And even listening to him too, like I say, you know, I think everybody in that position would say that about their club, but listening, as a fan, I was like, I love hearing that. Mm. It's not like he's there to to make friends. It's not like he's there to, you know, please every. He's this is this is what I'm doing, and if people don't like it, then I'm not the right person for the job. But I tell you now, we're having a crack at this, and I was like, man, mm. you know, I love hearing that because again, I know when you when you win, it's all. It doesn't matter if you win by one point or not. It's about winning. When you lose, you look at how you lose. And for the Tigers, I feel like we've been making the same mistake year after year after year. We need change. We need change in personnel, but we also need change in the way we are playing. And it seems like Tim Sheens has got the courage to do that. So to me, I'm I'm hanging on to that right now. Uh, just some more here. Michael Clark, spot on. Latrell Mitchell is an out-and-out centre, not fullback. It's the position he won two premierships with the Roosters, says the Kaima Bulldog. you got more support for this. I'm 100% with Pup. About Latrell Mitchell, I'd pick Teddy, Turbo, Edwards, Paps and Gutho, all before Mitchell as fullback. No name to that one. Uh, morning, lads. I'm currently up in Penrith as part of the under-15s uh, Country Catholic Schools Tour. We play Para in Kellyville Tuesday. The Roosters at Carry on Thursday and St. Greg's College on Friday. There are some quality young men as part of our squad. And there will be some stars of the future. So please come along if you can. Toddy from Leeton. Yep, cricket season. Well, there were some Marsh Cup games on, yeah, on the weekend. I, I've watched. I watched a couple of the uh, couple of one days. Yeah, um, I saw. I think WA beat Victoria yesterday, and I saw Victoria beat New South Wales because of Duckworth Lewis, which was a bit of a shambles as well. Oh. Yeah, we had a text about this early. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I think the rules obviously changed since I played, but you never. You, there was a stage you never used to be able to. Uh, bowl spin, for example. When I first started, you could. If it was too dangerous for quicks, you had the option to bowl spinners. And then that rule changed. They took a light, a measurement, and when you touched that light, it was like, doesn't matter if you bowl spin or quicks, it's, we go off. The umpires make a decision, you go off, because the fielders still might have found it hard to see the ball. Um, and then something happened the other day in that game where they gave New South Wales the opportunity to bowl spin. New South Wales took the opportunity because they were behind on Duckworth-Lewis. And then... I think if I'm reading it correctly, Victoria just had a couple of overs and then got in front in the Duckworth Lewis and said, nah, it's too dark for us now, so we're going off. Right, so they've twisted the so, rules well, to their advantage. To me, I just did, okay. I didn't know. like, And, and what happens yeah. if it went the other way? If New South Wales said, right, yeah, we're going to bowl spin to try and get in front, and then they get two runs in front and then go, right, yeah. now we're going to bring on a fast bowler. Then what happens? Yeah. Then they go yeah, off? As a bowler. A bowling team, could New South Wales have said, uh, we're not going to play spinners, we just want to play, 
Bowl our fast bowlers, yes. and then take them from the field. Yes, that's what would have happened. If New, Sa- but if wow. New South Wales were in front on Duckworth Lewis, yeah. the captain would have said, no, we don't, we're not going to bowl our spinners. We're going to bowl our quicks. And they would have said, okay, conditions are too dark for fast bowling. Mm. We're off. Because I think that, isn't that what happened? They decided they were in front. No, no. No, it was the other way around. Okay, they were behind. Right. So they said, yes, we'll bowl our spinners. And then they caught back up, and it was only until that last over, before the light got so bad they had to go off. I can't think of the Victorian batsman's name. He was batting number four. He needed a boundary off the last delivery to get Victoria back in front, and he hit it out of the park. Yeah, that's right. He hit Sang a part-time leg spinner. For six, but um, I was a little confused because if New South Wales do say Nat will bowl spin, then get in front and bring a quick back on, do they just walk off the field then? Mm. I, I think I like it better. Listen, it's either the light is reached it's light enough to play level. or it's not light yeah, enough to play. Exactly Whether you right. bowl a, you know, if somebody bowls 125k, if, if yeah. Moses Enriquez is bowling versus Nathan Lyon. Don't tell me Moses is more dangerous than no. Lino. Like, he bowls 120 Ks. Well, the one I get frustrated with are with the test matches, and you've got lights at the major stadiums. Oh, mate. And they work, walk off because the light... Mate, I used to... We, we used to go off the field. And it's we, like, mate, put the lights on and play. That's why you got lights. Yes. And don't tell me a pink ball or a red ball makes that much difference. If you've got lights... Use them. Play on. Yep. Yeah, we used to go off the field. It was like little drizzle. Mate, you could play for an extra... If it drizzled like that, you could play for an extra two hours. Yeah. But a little bit of drizzle, Nate, you can't go back onto the field. Yeah, we're just playing in pouring well, down frust- rain. It's a frustration of fans, isn't it, when you're here yeah. at the ground? Stay on longer. Yep. Stay on longer. Good morning, Wossie. Good morning, Mido. Morning, Clarky. Morning, Wise. Morning, buddy. So, 2 nil. What did you take from those two friendlies? 1 nil the other night, 2 nil yesterday at Eden Park. Uh, what did I take from it? Well, I think we spoke on Friday um, off the back of one of. Clarkie's uh, questions, and it's, it was good to see everyone together. Um, crucial time spent together, obviously, and he uh, sort of split the, the squad over the two games. Um, that was good. Uh, look, I think um, there were some performances yesterday that suggested there's some young boys who are ready to take their opportunity. There's still some work to do. There's, there's games between now and, and when Arnie names the squad, and I think there's, uh, you know, there's always going to be hype. Um, around players like uh, Garang Qualt, for, for instance. And if you ask me right now, which I knew you were going to ask me this, hmm. Mido, is he ready to be on the plane? My answer is no. Um, has he done enough to be on the plane? No, he hasn't. Um, but he's got the opportunity over the next eight weeks to prove that he should be there. And he still hasn't started an A-League game. Am I a fan of his? 100%. Can he be a game changer? Yes, I believe he can. Um, but he is still a kid, um, and I think he needs to force his way into that Mariners starting lineup over the first five, six weeks of the season and prove that uh, physically he can cope because it's not easy at the World Cup when you've got a game every few days. Obviously, I'd be very surprised if he did get selected in the squad, whether he was a starting member at the World Cup. So he might just get his opportunity off the bench. But he's in a, 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 a bucket, if you like, of players, and, and Daniel Arzani. Al Hassan Torre, uh, both at MacArthur under Dwight York. I think they're the type of players that need to grab their opportunity over the first few weeks of the A League, which makes it really exciting because there is a huge carrot dangling uh, over the first month of the A League season. Mossy, well, can I ask, did, did we have our full complement of players out here? Uh, no, well, there was no Harry Sutter um, coming back from an ACL. Oh. We're hoping and praying that he'll be right for the World Cup. I think he's a massive, massive player for us. Uh, Kai Rolls was out. 
but predominantly we had our major squad. Like, uh, what we're going to take? Because all, all I'm getting at, mate, is if not, why? Because we've only got now, what, they come into camp one week before their first World Cup game. Why didn't we have everyone out here and just get them playing together? And but Something, that, that, something happened with flights yeah, out of the UK as yeah. well, didn't it, Mossy? Yeah, that, that played a part. The only ones who weren't here, Loz, were injured. So Harry yeah. Sutter injured, Kai Rolls injured, yep. Tom Rogic only just signed for his club, hasn't yep. played in five months. Mm. Um, so they're the three main ones, if you like. Um, and then, you know, some of the, the ones I just mentioned then, Arzani yep. um, and Toure, haven't uh, haven't played right. much football yet. Right, so should we have performed better than what we did then? Uh, certainly in the first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a bit flat, but... Uh, a completely different squad yesterday. Fresh uh, faces, um, debutants gave it real energy. Um, so I guess the question you're asking was, is where are we yes. leading into yeah, the World yeah. Cup? Uh, the answer to that, we'll, we'll know in game one, mate. Seriously, because it's it's a very, very strange World Cup preparation because we qualified so late, um, given all the yeah. delays and the length of the qualification process and everything. We get the players, well, I only get the players into camp seven days before the France game. The good news, uh, the good news is France are struggling big time. Um, the bad news is they're defending World Cup champions, um, but they've got uh, they've got a lot of injuries. They're not going well in the Nations League. Uh, Didier Deschamps under a lot of pressure. Um, some big players either out injured or uh, or out of form. So that certainly gives us a sniff um, in game one. Mossy, what happens with Graham Arnold after the World Cup? He, he look back six months. He was absolutely copping stick from from everywhere. Now we do qualify, and it's been it's been an awesome run. Uh, he wants to stay on. What's the right decision? Well, yeah, I, I think it goes without saying. I'm a fan of Arnie's. Yeah. Um, I, I know what he's capable of as a manager. He got us to the World Cup in probably the most difficult qualification circumstances in the history of World Cup qualifications. Um, so on, on that basis alone, I, I think it, it should be his decision. But mm. um, we know how these things work. It's, no matter how we go in the World Cup, do you think? Well, I think he's earned the right to... You know, he's not going to force the hand of FA to to offer him a contract before the World Cup. So I, I suppose that leaves it open to, um, you know, how we go at the World Cup. But yeah. given that we're up against um, France, World Cup champions, we're up against Denmark, who are, you know, a, an unbelievable um, side of international level, um, and, and just beat France, um, you know, it's a, it's a really tough group. Um, and given we don't have a golden generation of players like Hiddink did in 2006. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the... The way the public opinion is what what would be a successful World Cup for a team like us, um, given where we're at. Um, there's some exciting kids coming through. The reason I think he should be given the opportunity to stay is because he stepped down and did the Olympic team as well as the Socceroos and has brought some really exciting kids through who aren't ready to reach their full potential yet. But over the next four years, watch them go. Overseas, uh, I see Italy beat England. 1-0, which you predicted and uh, encouraged us to have a bet on that game on the Italians in the UEFA Nations League, which means they get relegated uh, from the what is it, the top tier of that Nations League, England, but uh, they seem to be under all sorts of pressure as well. They can't score goals, Mossy. 
No, that's right. Uh, Gareth Southgate is under huge pressure. Um, people asking why why he wouldn't uh, experiment with uh, with players other than Harry Kane. Obviously, Harry Kane is uh, you know the, the first choice striker. There's no doubt about that um, for the World Cup. But uh, using these games to experiment with other options up front, and um, and he hasn't done that. And they've been very very poor. I don't think they've won in five now, um, which is not great leading into a World Cup. Um, so yeah, big big questions there. But there's some, uh, you know, as I've just said, France is struggling as well. Um, so you know, some big big teams going into the World Cup who aren't in the form that they'd like to be in. And we've got what the Australia Cup final this week: Sydney United and Macarthur. I think that's at Combank Stadium, isn't it? Saturday night. The A League starts Friday week, Mossy. So all happening. Yeah, it certainly is. This Australia Cup final uh, at Combank will be a ripper of a game. Um, Lots of tickets already sold. Uh, Dwight York doing wonderful things with MacArthur. And uh, I can't wait to see those two players we were just talking about before, Daniel Arzani and Al-Hassan Al Touré in that game. Um, you know, they both missed out on that Socceroo squad. Um, so they will both have the bit between their teeth uh, to, to prove to Graham Arnold that they should be on that plane. No better stage to do it on than a cup final. And then, of course, the A-League starts the following week and you've got the grand final replay that will kick us off. Melbourne City and Western United. We've got the F3 Derby, the Mariners hosting Newcastle. And uh, the Big Blue, of course, Sydney FC returning to Allianz, the new Allianz Stadium, up against Melbourne Victory. So a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Nani, of course, will be in Sydney in a Melbourne Victory shirt, the uh, the ex-Manchester uh, United uh, trophy winner. So, uh, yeah, a lot of excitement uh, around the start of the A-League in a couple of weeks' time. Mossy, thank you so much. Good on you guys. Have a great week. Ron Duffy coming up shortly to preview punters post-mortem. In fact, I think we've got Duff now. Duff, good morning to you. Yeah, g'day, guys. What did you make of that performance from Jack and I? Well, it had a real wow factor about it, didn't it? He uh, he did nearly the impossible to do it, Rose. He'll come right down past the outside of the track there and just to pick up and, and the sectional times. And he was, he was awesome. He was very, very good. So... Um, They've done a great job with him. Um, the next question is, where next? Mm. Uh, big talk of the Everest, uh, which you put a bit of X factor in there with a three-year-old with different form. Uh, like I said, he ran time there on Saturday and he wouldn't be out of place. He would not be out of place. What did you make of the beaten brigade? I thought she was terrific, the filly, uh, in secret. The next question with her is, uh, do you treat her like a sprinter or do you stretch her out to the mile? So I thought she showed great character and great heart after... Uh, running through a bit of a pain barrier there at the 300 when they sprinted. So uh, no knock on her and a much better run from Zoo Tiger that uh, franked the opinion that John O'Shea had of him when he went out favourite in the Ming Dynasty. Who's some horses to follow out of the meeting, Duff? I think just a couple out wide. Um, I think uh, looking towards Melbourne Cup Day, the big dance, I thought that's a buck uh, in race five, ran a really good race under Dunn. And there was a horse out of the midway who was a run short. I know there were some very unlucky runners in that race, but uh, a cool lad just loomed up, knocked up, and he'll be spot on next time in a similar type race. That's his level, but if he finds another midway, it'll be hard to beat. Geez, Alligator Blood's a tough horse, mate. What a training performance that is. Um, he's had spinal um, problems with his spine and uh, very hard to get him back to the top level. Uh, he was doubtful at 1,800 metres, and he just run them ragged. It was a, 
amazing performance and uh, good luck to him. He's uh, he's back to his best. There's no doubt about it. Great day in prospect Saturday. Hopefully the oh. weather's okay through the week. Yeah, we don't too much. We get the fields out for the Epsom and the Metrop and the flight stakes tomorrow. Uh, so we have a good early look at them, and they're going to be very competitive fields. And look, I don't think there's any big rain forecast. The track was a soft seven this morning, uh, but hopefully we we, we can um, do a, do a bit better than that come Saturday. Catch you shortly, Duff. Thank you. See you guys. It's coming up. Punters post mortem after nine o'clock this morning as they'll break down Golden Rose Day. Of course, look ahead to Tab Epsom Day, Raw Randwick on Saturday. Three Group Ones, bring it on, and heroes and villains. We've got to give a winner out. Thank you for all the calls and texts this morning. The winner of the $100 gift card and the case of the Saint and Sinner Alcoholic Kombucha. Well, I had to find something positive out of the Swans. And uh, Chris made Dane Rampy sp- his hero for his very gracious speech and praise of Joel Selwood and the Cats post the grand final. And his villain was anyone criticising Brad Arthur. And fair enough. Mm. Brad Arthur's certainly, uh, well, stuck it to the critics, that's for sure. Yeah. Power in the GF. We're going to build up to it all week, of course. And uh, looking forward to it. A huge Tuesday. Gutho tomorrow. Can't Great wait. to speak to Gutho, yeah. who was immense on Friday night. Heroic at times with his defence in particular. So, huge week coming up. Loz Pup. Catch his all tomorrow.